Hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay, yeah. So um, basically what I'm doing is in the future, I want to build a product in which I can um, better help blind people and just people with visual impairments um, guide their way throughout uh, their everyday life. And so part of that was I wanted to get some uh, market research done. And mm. I thought I could talk to optometrists like you and mm. uh, see what um, pain points there are in the industry. And the podcast name is actually Seeing Pain Points. So Okay. So um, let's get started. Um, I wanted to introduce you. So um, if you could tell us your job title, your the number of years you've been in your profession and how you got into the field. Okay. Uh, my name is Albert Pang. I'm the optometrist at Trinity Eye Care. I've been in practice for 35 years. And mainly we are doing um, the um, examinations for patients have uh, have a neurological disorder like uh, after concussions. We also help people that uh, have a corneal problem, like they have corneal transplant. We help them with uh, contact lenses so that they were able to see clearly without any distortion. Another um, area that uh, I practice is to help younger patients uh, that developing nearsightedness, to help them so they were able to have a way to either using devices like a overnight lenses or soft lenses, so that they were able to slow down or stop their growth of nearsightedness. Okay, all right. And um, how quickly would you say your industry and your field is growing? Um, again, the in the past, I would say in the past 30 years, the industry grew a lot. Um, more to do with the fact that, um, I would just give you an example, like in the 30 years ago when you do uh, contact lenses, um, a uh, hot lenses, a gas permeable lenses that you put on the cornea, they may only create three curves, that is, you know, the curve at the center and then two more peripheral curves. But nowadays you're able to do six or seven curves. And then okay. in the past, you only have lenses material that's, you know, very small, like a button of a, of a, of a search. But uh, now you're able to have size of the uh, contact lenses to cover the whole eyeball. So material have improved. The technology to cut lenses have improved. And uh, we are now getting in the, to the point that you're able to even create mold by using a dental um, a paste to mold the shape of the cornea and then use a uh, um, a a scan to scan the shape of the mold and then use a 3D to print out the lenses. So it's kind of like getting you know, to the way that you're able to customize a lot of um, designs so that you're able to fit um, problematic cornea uh, with a high precision. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is there's more products coming out which are able to um, be more personal to your customers' needs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thing that we cannot do before, because in the, when you look at that, is the best way you, I can uh, describe is, in the past you can only average this, average this, average that. So when you average out on the high board that you put the lenses on, you only have average the performance. You may have irritation that you cannot tolerate because yeah. you are just taking too much, too many, um, what should I say, uh, compromise. Whereas now you're able to have better scanning technology and you have better lay to cut out the lenses. 
so the average or the compromise become less and less, so the patient were able to wear the lenses more and more comfortable. Okay. And so as these new products come out, how um, has it been easy for you to implement them into your everyday um, work and give them to patients? It's always a learning curve because uh, those patients, um, for example, those difficult patients that have problems, they do not know you carry the product. And um, those people usually go through so many dis you know, discouragement because they cannot wear this and that. Uh, the doctors say you can, they cannot help you. So they all, a lot of them already give up. And then even new products come out. It's hard to pass the information to them. You know, their condition can be helped by new products. So even though better products are available, but again, it's very difficult for us to reach to the people, to get to the people that really need them. Okay, so is there a way you're trying to combat this right now, or um, it's still like a work in progress? So I think it's still a work in process, progress, because again, you as you, uh, the only way I can do is tell my patient more through, again, um, the only way we can do is broadcast it through YouTube um, or uh, just, again, you know, just depending on myself, it's just not enough. I mean, I wish we really have a industry-wide, like manufacturer of certain device, they were able to put more communication to the public that uh, their product were able to help them to live better, to see better. But right now, the difficulties is on that percentage, maybe you have 20% of patients that have special need, but that product it's difficult to get to that 20% of the population. So um, you can do everything we can to um, to um, to to talk about the product, to talk about different products on YouTube or in other social media. But again, it's still difficult to reach them because they are the one that's visually impaired. They do not watch the YouTube video or video clip as much as normal people does. We have to depend on the family to let them know what new product is available to them. Okay. So what would be most beneficial is if there was um, kind of like a large-scale information system which would um, reach out to these people and yeah. help them be aware. Yeah, definitely. Okay. If you're able to have a system, a network, they're able to spread the news to a wider audience, that definitely will help a lot more. Okay. And so does this apply to many products? Like you were saying, eye, eye contacts. Does this also mm -hmm. apply to um, the many other products that you have to offer? Yeah. I would say you know, even new medication, new um, new procedure that were able to help them. And uh, and again, like such as, well, for example, is people that, you know, having a, a nearsightedness on young child, that we want to help them to slow down or stop the progression. How many people heard of myopia management that were able to use some kind of device to slow down or stop the, the eye from getting worse? So it's still, we are trying so hard you know, as an industry, but again, we are still not able to get the ball rolling. It's still at a very early phase. Only certain early adapter um, heard of all those uh, technology, but it's not enough to change the, the whole industry. Okay. And so let's say um let's say a viewer of this podcast would want to see one of these products. Is there anywhere they could um go online or they could contact someone to 
um, better understand where they can find these new products? Um, depends on the on the product. Of course, you can always contact us. Our email address, yeah, our uh, website is trinityeyecare.com, T-R-I-N-I-T-Y-E-Y-E-C-A-R-E.com. We have a website. We also have some um, quite a few of educational um, um, video and uh, video interview. We have it on YouTube. And again, you should, um, I mean, your audience were able to search under Trinity Eye Care Dallas. Um, they yep. were able to find us. And but again, also, um, I do not. I mean, of course, you know, your podcast were able to promote. Um, I think your idea is a great idea. We're able to again bring up to date all the uh, new technology, not only in eye care but even in medicine, uh, to your audience. And hopefully, you're able to get a large numbers of audience that were able to interested in medical technology. And there will be a great idea to start a channel or a podcast channel that's solely doing that. Uh, not only I, but you know, other breakthrough in medicine would be cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, then. Um, okay. So a couple more questions. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to, like, new products and product implementation in the industry, would you say um, the industry is heavily regulated? And if if it is heavily regulated, would you say you face any problems day-to-day because of this regulation? No, I don't. Well, it's heavy, heavily regulated in the U.S. For the, for the safety reason of the user, of the public. Okay. Um, so, unlike other parts of the of the country, most of the uh, most of the the uh, medical um, um, expenses is paid by private insurance. Um, only a, a limited number paid by government. Whereas other European model, they are main, mainly is a national healthcare. They do pay by the government out of their tax dollar. Mm-hmm. But for us, most of it is private insurance, private pay. So yeah. they got to have a higher regulation. Otherwise, what you do is, you know, who would like to spend thousands of dollars and find out that it's never tested to be effective. So it's a different world here versus other country, number one. Number two is also life here in the U.S. is a lot more variable than, unfortunately, other developing country. So... Um, everyone have an expectation that, you know, so that you have to be sure that it's safe. Um, you have to be safe. I have to be sure that it's effective. Otherwise, you know, you can um, adopt the product, but again, you know, the provider find out that it is not as effective as what they claim, then the provider will get into trouble of any uh, legal litigation. So I don't see a limitation. I think I welcome the idea that we have been, will be more conservative do more research to make sure that, you know, the product is safe and effective. Okay. Yeah, so what you're saying is although there are many regulations, it's uh, it's better for the industry because it makes it safe and Yeah, that's right. So the key word is safe. It has to be, number one, safer, and number two, have to be effective. And uh, so it's a good product if you can meet that two criteria. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, more of a general question. What do you find unique about your career field and what kind of brought you into this? I know you've been working in it for 35 years, so you must be very passionate about this. Yeah. Um, I think, number one, you always have to discover who you are. 
and not everyone should go into healthcare. If um, a lot, of, I know a lot of people go into healthcare because they want to, um, you know, to have a good income, they have a stable life. Um, healthcare is never able to get you rich. They're able to give you a good living, but never um, able to get you rich compared with you know business. Um, our uh, in, um, you know you know healthcare. The passion should be more to do with you know, whether you're able to have the privilege of helping people, saving lives, improving their, their quality of life, and that is the main reason that people should go into healthcare industry. And secondly, you also need to know that when you go into an industry, it's always a continuous learning, um, meaning that um, uh, when you graduate from from any professional school, from any related to healthcare, it's only the beginning. Um, you know, every year, every month, every day, it should be a learning experience. You have to pick up new stuff to catch up with the trend, so that you provide the best to your to your patients. So um, the opportunity of learning new stuff, challenging myself every day, is also another reason I go into this field. Okay, so you should be someone who's genuinely passionate and also competitive in a way because you have to pick yourself up every day and make sure yeah. you're yeah. with the trend. Yeah, you 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 sum it up excellently, you know, in a perfect way. Yeah, you got you have the passion to help people to improve their quality of life, and number two, you need to be competitive to better yourself every day. Okay, yeah, that's great. So last question, um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know from experience, but um, what are some of the most significant characteristics of this field? Um, I think the, just like what I say, the, the, the characteristic of the, of this field is that um, sometimes, you know, you have to understand um, the industry itself is getting in a crossroad in the sense that the, is mainly controlled by you know by you know third party insurance, and then um, you you even though you have passion, you have everything you can to do the best you can. You are limited by the fact that uh, whatever you do, you get to approve by uh, the third party insurance company because otherwise, whatever you do, you will not get paid, and that is the 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 the, the difficulty is you. I mean, you don't want to spend most of your time to do something that's beneficial to the patient, but turn out um, no one is going to pay for it. Yes, it's, you can consider it charity work, but we cannot go charity for too long a period of time. We all make a need to make a living. Number one, number two is that um, insurance and government is getting um, is becoming more and more. Uh, what should I say? Um, Heavy um, hot press on our on our on our surfaces. Uh, in the past, we were able to uh, get certain dollar amount for every procedure. Now it's getting less and less because of the cost of healthcare, because of fraud and waste that's uh, also affecting the good doctor. So you can see that you know now um, you know it's a struggle. The characteristic is the struggle is fighting between the government uh, payment like um, social medicine, the, how they pay the doctor as well as how the insurance paying you. It's become more difficult in in sustaining the office, paying your staff, paying yourself. Okay, so sustainability is a, a decent problem right now because yeah. of the insurance issues. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that was the last question. Thank you so much for getting right. on this. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Have yeah. a good one. Bye. You too. Bye.